welcome everyone admit one multiverse aom for short now before i even go into saying or speaking anything about anything uh this episode is heavily dedicated to star wars specifically the disney plus obi-wan kenobi show there will be spoilers so again if you have not seen well you know what let me rephrase that there will be heavy spoilers across a variety of star wars properties so the films the original trilogy possibly the prequels uh the tv shows like rebels clone wars uh and then of course the obi-wan kenobi show so um there will be a lot of spoilers to a lot of things. Uh, I'll be playing a few little clips throughout. Uh, license clips from Disney, of course, Lucasfilm. But um, again, if you haven't seen the Obi-Wan Kenobi show specifically, because that's what I'll be mainly talking about. Um, wait, come back. Uh, what I'm going to do is just really talk about my thoughts on the show. Um, what I thought about it. Kind of like a re- an extended review. I'm not going into like super crazy Star Wars lore or anything like that. Uh, maybe, but not so much. It's really overall just kind of giving you my thoughts of the series. And um, so again, spoilers. Last last awareness of that. There will be spoilers for Obi-Wan Kenobi, a couple Star Wars films, a couple TV shows with regards to Star Wars. So um, hopefully you have seen everything. If not, it is what it is. So let's get to it. I do like this theme, by the way. Um, John Williams came back to compose just the main theme for um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. He he decomposed the Obi-Wan theme, and now he's going to be retiring, which serves him right. I mean, John Williams is really old. Um, he's done a lot of great, great music, but um, he's 90. This dude's 90 years old, so retiring again. Awesome that he came back to... Um, give us one last uh as of right now one last uh star wars name uh natalie holt she's the one that composed the score throughout variety of the of the uh show episodes of the show or whatever and um i gotta say man she did a phenomenal job uh i really loved a lot of the music in the series um kind of like not so much remix but like there's songs that present themselves and then they're uh like you got hints of like it's about to start and it's about to go to like a known theme that we know but then it like kind of scales back and it continues on its own thing so the music in this show is really really well done so, Obi-Wan Kenobi is a um, Disney Plus exclusive series. Uh, it takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so, it's a 10 year from then. It's six episodes, but overall, it's about four hours of actual, what would you, uh, I was going to say in-game content. <laughs> it's It's four hours of actual, like, new footage, I guess you can say because you'll see an episode on there and be like, oh, it's 58 minutes. But then if you subtract like all the 
previously on the intro the credits which for whatever reason the credits are forever long in some of these episodes um it boils down that you only actually have like from a 53 it'll say 53 minutes but then in reality you only have like maybe a 45 46 minute show um so if you combined all that it roughly comes out to be around four hours of um of uh, what do you call it of the actual series across six episodes um straight up up front my initial thoughts of this show it was okay um i did enjoy the show more a lot actually i did enjoy the show a lot but the reason i say it's okay um is because there were moments that were just phenomenal but then overall everything else was just like all right it's all right the main reason I feel that way is because it it doesn't really introduce anything new. Um, one of my biggest issues, or not issues, one of my biggest concerns that I had going into this show was, what can you really tell us that's going to be new, different, um, but at the same time not contradict the original trilogy? I've said it numerous times before, like I'm really kind of over the original trilogy. All the new Star Wars content has to somehow revolve around those three films. Um, it, it's, you know, I, I praise the prequels because of the content and the world building that it introduced. Yeah, the dialogue, some of the acting, some of the writing can be is a little bit like what the hell. But overall, it introduced so much more to Star Wars than the original trilogy did. The original trilogy was just isolated to, you know, this group of individuals, which Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie, uh, 3PO, and R2-D2 up against, you know, Vader. And then eventually the Emperor, the Empire. Um, so it didn't do a lot of world building. And at the same time, it was semi-isolated to just those characters. So when you start to, and there wasn't a lot like openness. So when you try to build a universe around the characters versus the actual content of what star wars is the actual star wars universe it, it gets a little finicky it gets it gets difficult because they always try to tie it back to something so um and unfortunately the sequel trilogy just you know that's what i wanted i wanted not the sequel trilogy but what i wanted was for star wars to go well in advance in the future so we don't know the outcome because we saw the original trilogy, you know, in its beginning, great, good story, good everything. I, I, you know, I do enjoy the original trilogy. Then we went to the prequels and introduced a lot of stuff to explain, which I loved. But at the end of the day, we already knew what it was leading up to. So it gave us that initial 19-year gap. Because initially from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope, it should be about 19 years. So there's a big gap there of what can, you know, what, what happened in between that time. Um, so Obi-Wan Kenobi show does some of the, it fills in a few little blanks. Um, I think Star Wars Rebels fills in a lot more and introduces a lot more and does a lot more. Um, Kenobi does the same thing, but the problem with Kenobi is that it's tying to the main characters, to Luke, to Leia, Vader. And again, we already know from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope and you know empire and return we already know the outcome you know 
Um, and so that's why I wanted when Star Wars, when Disney acquired Star Wars, I want them to jump way in the future. 30 years, not bad. 30 years is a pretty good amount of time. And introduce some new shit. Really good stuff. But they bundled it. They fumbled the ball big time. Now I want them to just jump 100 years later. Just be far, far away from all the all of this. All of the, you know, Kenobi, Yoda. Well, Yoda's can live forever. In this, in this case, we have Grogu, I guess. But, you know, um, Luke, Leia. Like, I want them just to be far away from that stuff. Just go way the hell out there. Um, and start, start new. Like, reboot it again. Because they just... I really don't know where the hell they can go with, with Ray and, and, and all that crap. <clears throat> so what can they really do with Obi-Wan Kenobi? Well, they introduced some new characters. That's the only thing you can really introduce. At the end of the day, we already know where Kenobi gets to and where Vader gets to. Um, again, my concern was how, what can you really tell? 10 years, that's actually a lot of time too. I didn't really expect 10 years. That's kind of a big jump. I was, I would have been okay with like maybe a five-year jump, you know, five, six-year jump from a Revenge of the Sith. That would have been pretty interesting. Um, but 10 years, like that's not, you know, because then from there, it's like, okay, we only got nine more years to to Luke and, and uh, you know, that whole thing, the Battle of Yavin and all that like kicks off. I don't know. What can you really tell? So. What this show does great is they fill in a few little minor gaps, not essential, um, but um, and introduce new characters, which, in my personal opinion, I'm interested in. Um, so before I even talk about really Obi-Wan, the main headline, um, I do want to talk about a couple other characters before we get into it. Um, specifically, I want to talk about the new character that was introduced, uh, Reva, played by Moses Ingram, the third sister. Now, this character, whether it's the actress, whether it's the character itself, I don't know, got a lot of hate. And a lot of people don't care about this character. And for me, I actually enjoyed this character a lot. Um, I, thought it, I thought it's a very interesting character. And I'm very curious to see what they do in the future but unfortunately, the way it's been, this character has been, you know, received by a good amount of people. And again, it doesn't, I don't go without saying that <laughs> Star Wars fans are something else. They're all over the goddamn place. I don't know what it is, but Star Wars fans are all over the place. A good chunk of them could be toxic. Maybe they're trolls. I don't know. I really don't know. Star Wars fans are freaking weird as hell in terms of their opinions on what they think is good and what they don't like, what they do like, it, it's something else. I'm one of them. I mean, f you might be a Star Wars fan, and I could be saying some stuff today that you're going to be like, yo, um, what are you talking about? Like, you're you're tripping, you know? So it's, I don't know why or what or the science, <laughs> but Star Wars fans are all over the damn place. It's, it's something else. But anyways, I like this character. Um, you know, we're introduced to this character obviously you have to watch the entire series to appreciate the character i appreciate the character right off the get-go episode one before i knew anything of anything um i it was one of the inquisitors the inquisitors are great characters um interesting characters i should say that were introduced i believe in rebels um star wars rebels the animated series i do recommend highly highly recommend watching clone wars and star wars rebels they're both animated shows but 
please watch them. They're great. That's some of the best Star Wars out there. If you're a fan of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and all that, specifically Mandalorian, you're like, oh, all of a sudden you're a Star Wars fan of that, go watch the cartoons because Dave Filoni, obviously John Favreau is more involved in, in, in Mandalorian, but a lot of the stuff that's coming Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, all these things. A lot of that stuff was introduced in Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, Dave Filoni is one of the great Star Wars architects with that. He continued the legacy of Lucas, uh, worked with them early on, and um, they created some really good content. Yes, it's animated. It's cartoon. It's fine. Go watch it. It's great, great stuff. And I'm telling you, Rebels is great. I've been telling my brother to watch it for the longest time. Watch Rebels. Watch Rebels. Watch Rebels. Never, never, never. Finally um, had the time because he got COVID. <laughs> uh, he's fine. But he finally had the time to watch all of it. And he's like, holy crap. It's some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. I'm like, I know. I've been trying to tell you that that's Star Wars. Go watch Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars. You know, now they have like the Bad Batch and all this stuff. Like there's a lot of cool things coming from there. Anyways, so the Inquisitors were really introduced uh, during Rebels, the Grand Inquisitor for sure. That's why a lot of people were like, oh my God, wait, you know, when they kill him in the beginning, like second episode or something, they're like, what? A lot of people started hating, 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 hating. And then, you know, just stick around. You got to watch the whole damn thing. Like, you know, it's, I know, I know my wife will hate me for using this as using her as the example, but it's, she's not the only one. You know, bless her whole, bless, bless her soul. She's not the only one. There's a lot of people out there that, and you might know one that goes like this. You're watching something and all of a sudden they're like, so how does it end? Or who's this? Like, how does that work? And you're like, bro, we just, it just started. We're five minutes into whatever we're watching here. What are you, why are you asking me who's it end or who's just watch the damn thing and you'll get the answers you'll, you'll need. But I want to know, like, I want to know now, like, what, what is it? Who's that? Like, why, what's going to happen? And I'm just like, oh my God, bro, just watch the damn thing and you'll get your damn answers. Yes. Sorry, babe. Love you. But it's true. It's the most annoying thing in the world that people do. And she's not, I'm telling you, I've, I've known so many people who are just like that, who you start watching something and they'll immediately want to know what the ending is or like, you know, like, oh, is this person going to die? Like, just watch the damn thing. Pay attention and you'll you'll find out. So with Obi-Wan, there's obviously they want to build a suspense. They want to build these things, you know, the unknown. And everyone has starts having theories. And it's like, well, you know, I can't believe the Inquisitor. Like, well, how do you do that? Like they already you're already destroying the canon. You're already destroying the 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 you know the chronological order of things. Like it's already messing them. Like, just wait. We're in the second damn episode. There's six, there's there's a total of six. There's four more. Just wait. So yeah, it's this is why I don't like the weekly crap because it gives too much time for people to sit there and be like, you know, and, 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 and create all this negativity. I swear to God, I, I truly think that if they had released Obi-Wan all at once like Netflix does, we wouldn't have the the time it took to build to hate this Reva character because obviously you didn't get your answers. You know, you got tidbits here and there i mean this is an obi-wan show but this is also her show as well kind of and the reason i say this is because it's it's following her story arc because they needed something to fill in again we already can't have too much obi-wan we can't have vader all the damn time like i'm sorry it's not gonna happen why because leading up to a new hope like once it gets there we know what's the outcome so you can't really introduce too much new things that's going to contradict the other stuff they're smart about it so what do they do they introduce new characters and uh, fill in the screen time with that 
So you find out that Reva is, is one of the younglings that survives the massacre of Order 66 at the Jedi Temple. She was actually killed, should have been killed by um, Anakin. They do some really good flashback uh, sequences with Hayden Christensen. And you know what? Bless this man. I'm happy he came back. Like Poor guy gets criticized for his acting in anything he makes. I feel bad for the guy. But he is an iconic character in the Star Wars universe. So um, everything that he did in this show, when it was him, you got to see him. Because obviously in these Invader, it's not really him. because James Earl Jones voices him. Which I heard was, they kind of did, it was James Earl Jones, but it was also like robotic. Kind of like how Val Kimmer has that tech. Because Val Kimmer can't really speak. So they use this technology where they're able to recreate um, his voice. It's crazy. Like, look it up. I, I've talked about it with Top Gun Maverick. Like, look up Val Kilmer and, like, his, like, robo- his artificial voice, and it, it'll blow your mind. Um, it blew my mind. So I heard they use a little bit of that tech with James Earl because James Earl Jones, like, in his 90s. Like, this is an old gentleman, you know. It's going to be a very sad day when Vader, Mufasa, you know, um, from the Tom Clancy's Harrison Ford films of uh, Jack Ryan and all that. That's going to be sad when this character dies. I can't, uh, this individual, this person, like, I love James Earl Jones. Um, he's a very iconic voice. But, um, so yeah, so James Earl Jones does the voice as Vader. And then in the suit, sometimes it was an, it was Hayden Christian, but for the most time it was just a, a body double, though. There was a stunt double and then there was a suit double, I think it said. So there was, like, technically five people playing um what do you call it vader slash anakin hayden james and then um two stunt double guys oh or a bodysuit stunt oh and then two yeah two stunt doubles so because there was the stunt double for anakin when he's not in his suit so yeah five people are playing uh, anakin slash vader but anyways when you did see hayden it was great it was fantastic um, they did some really good flashbacks from Order 66, from Re- Revenge of the Sith. Um, and so you see her, you know, she gets massacred, which was interesting, too, that Disney, because, you know, unfortunately, real life events are horrific. Um, they started putting disclaimers in front anytime they were killing children because of that unfortunate event that happened. Um, and so, yeah, so there's little disclaimers anytime they show remotely a scene that involves children getting injured. Um and so, um, so yeah, so you see that she, you find out she's one of those survives. She became an inquisitor. Her whole agenda was revenge, but she was trying to get close to Vader. Um, the only way she can draw Vader out that she knew of because, you know, she was an inquisitor. She was kind of just the third sister was to draw and try to get him alone. Right. Cause she can't kill him in front of a bunch of people, I guess. And so she, her objective was to draw out Kenobi because she knew because she knew a lot of the the past. Like she knew Anakin was Vader, which everyone was mad about. Like, how does she know Anakin that that's Vader? I'm like, well, that's why because Anakin is the one who killed her. Like she put it together. Like I, I'm telling you, her story. I love it. I just love it so much. And so, you know, she has this whole plot to get uh, revenge on Vader. And the whole time, though, and finally when she meets up with Obi-Wan, they, like, set up a thing where, like, you know, you're, you're trying to get to him, I'm going to help you out, whatever the case may be. And um, when she finally fights Vader, like, her their little battle was pretty good. Um, Vader ends up, like, stabbing her. And then you see the Grand Inquisitor come back. And the thing is, though, he, in that scene, he says the dialogue of, like, 
I knew the whole time. Like I allowed you. And it just plays well for Vader. It's like, dude, this I'm telling you, this, you cannot mess with this guy. He knows. He knows everything. And only that the Grand Inquisitor knew too. So it shows just the ruthlessness of the Grand Inquisitor, which you see more of in Star Wars Rebels, if you want to see more of that character. Um, so it's just so well done. And so when she gets her uh, betray, she finds out that Vader had a kid, two kids. But in this case, she only finds out about the one, um, Luke, um, because of a little communicator thing. So then the series ends where her going to... Um, Tatooine to find Luke and uh, she battles Owen and Baru which was awesome to see I love seeing a little extra little bit tidbits here again Owen the limited scenes that Owen had um, which was played by um, I think it was what his name Joel Edgerton who reprised his role from Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the Sith episode three and Baru same character as well same actress Um, it was cool seeing them battle and, and get that little tidbit to get a little more different scenes but uh recreated scenes in in the home of owen lars and luke skywalker um that you see from a new hope and then you see an obi-wan kenobi so it's pretty cool to see um but anyways and it was well done the way they played it too because like the whole day they pretty much tell luke like it's it's um tuscan raiders so he never really sees uh reva and let alone never sees the lightsaber so it still keeps that Luke Skywalker's in the in the in the in the blind in in the unawareness of lightsabers and Sith and Jedi or any of that stuff. Um, but anyways, Rev ends up catching him and she has a chance to kill him. And as she's killing, him, she has the difficulty of seeing the flashback, seeing herself in that position as a kid when Anakin killed her, uh, tried to kill her and killed all her younglings, in. and so she ends up not killing him, uh, gives him mercy, right, and brings uh, Luke back to Owen and and Baru and then uh, Obi-Wan's there by that time. And so she tells him like, I couldn't, you know, I failed them referencing the, the younglings, her, her friends uh, to Obi-Wan. She's like, I failed him. And he's like, no, you didn't. You, you know, by not killing him, you, 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 uh, by showing the mercy, you like, you win, you succeed, you're free. And again, if you don't follow star Wars, it's the whole thing of the good and bad, the Sith and the, you know, the Jedi, and so her whole thing with, with hatred, revenge, we learned this about Anakin. She literally had the same path as Anakin. But she's able to stop it. She's able to not give in to the dark side and does what a Jedi does. And so by the end of the episode, she's free. She releases the Inquisitor uh, lightsaber and then pretty much you're free to go. And then that's all we know. Now, possibly she'll get her own series, but um, but um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I just, I just really don't know. There's so many negative views on this character that I, I, I feel bad. I really do because I think it's an interesting character, um, and I think it's a really cool story, a backstory. Um, it'd be cool to kind of see, kind of like how they did. Um, I think it was Book of Boba Fett. How you went back and forth, like it took place in current time, but then it also flashbacked. Um, for Boba Fett when he was with the uh, when he came out of the Sarlacc pit and he was with the Tuscans, um, so I think it would be kind of interesting if they do the same thing for Reva, uh, uh, if they do her own TV series where it's like you see where she's at after Obi Wan, um, and then you see like after Revenge of the Sith, um, it's a good way to incorporate a little bit of Vader here and there if they wanted to because let's be real, any scene that Vader was in was a scene stealer 
it was just great to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think, again, I think her story fits the theme that was given in the, in, in the Obi-Wan show. It just gave you another character to, to care about and to follow. Um, which leads to the main person, Obi-Wan. Um, this whole show, you know, it's 10 years after at this point, he's pretty much broken. Um, you know, he's fully living the name of Ben Kenobi. He's fully broken. He has the same routine, lives the same thing. He's very concerned about Luke protecting him, checks in on him pretty much daily, does his job, comes back, lives like in a cave. He's not even living in a home properly. Um, you know, at this point he's lost everything and he's given up being a Jedi. He's buried the lightsabers. He's, he takes the full guilt of, um, of letting down Anakin you know, because failing Anakin pretty much led the failure to everything else, to all the Jedi, to the Empire to rise, everything. Um, so he's taking this toll, and at the same time, he's trying to reach out to his previous master, Qui-Gon, seeking his guidance, you know, um, which never, he never comes. And so it was just very interesting to see, like, just someone who's just so, you know, what he's been doing for 10 years, and, and he's just so broken, um, and then, uh, and then finally, you know, he gets involved because Reva's getting close, uh, finds a way and plots to, um, uh, kidnap, uh, Princess Leia from Alderaan because he sees that there's a connection. She, I don't think she, she doesn't know that that's Anakin's kid at that time, but she knows the connection there. there. There was a connection there. Um, so then that's when Leia gets brought into the, uh, into the fold, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed, um, surprisingly, I didn't expect it really, but seeing uh, a young Leia, 10 years old, the actress, the Vivian Lyra Belair, she did a great job as uh, Leia. Um, her character, her attitude, her, the dialogue, like everything was great. I really enjoyed it. And I, that was a cool way to connect the dots as far as, um, going back from like a new hope. I mean, there is some contradiction. <laughs> There's some contradicting dialogue, but for the most part, it, it was pretty cool how they kind of tied those things. So that way you, we now know how Leia knows about Obi-Wan Kenobi and why she seeks his help. Um, because you would think, how would you even know who this person is? So um, it was interesting. It was really interesting. And I do appreciate that. But overall, the main focus was Obi-Wan getting over, especially once he finds out that Anakin is alive, which is in the second episode. He thinks Anakin's dead because he left him for dead in Revenge of the Sith. Um, But then he finds out that he's alive from Reva, and he goes in a whole spiral thing. He starts tripping out. Um, It really messes him up more in terms of his distraughtness and everything. Um, which eventually leads to them to meeting up. Now, the first time they meet up, you see Vader. He is ruthless. He's just killing people in the streets in this little like town or village that they're at. Um, he destroy like Vader beats the crap out of him because at this point, again, he hasn't been a Jedi. He hasn't been practicing. He hasn't been using the Force. He hasn't been doing anything. Um, so his skills are very, very weak. Um. But then eventually, uh, you know, they meet up a couple more times and then um, they have a, a, a final, well, not the final, but one, they have their big rematch, which was interesting. It was cool. Um, again, I, 
I love seeing it. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing the battles. I love seeing like how they how they interact and how they look. But once they start getting like too OP, too powerful, and doing these crazy things, it's like man, you think about the original trilogy, and you're just like they were just the tech wasn't there, the fighting wasn't there. They were like dueling, you know, like ah, uh, it wasn't like how Revenge of the Sith battle, you know. And this one they use a little more force. Like it's it's pretty in depth, <clears throat> but at the same time, you're just like. I love seeing it, but I don't want to see it at the same time because you don't see it in the original trilogy, like ever. Of the there's a lightsaber duel in, in the first one with Obi Wan, and, and it's pretty. Lands like on God, <laughs> you know, and then Luke fights him. Vader, <clears throat> which I guess that one you can kind of say he was restraining himself. Vader was, but then you see them fight in Revenge of the Sith or Return of the Jedi, and it's like, same thing, you know? It's like a mixture of the Empire and Obi-Wan fight, and it's just like, I want to see epic lightsaber battles. And that's why Revenge of the Sith lightsaber battle is still the best one in terms of live action. Um, I would say this probably, and then, you know, one of the most famous ones was the Phantom Menace with Maul. And then this is probably the next one, is this Vader and Obi-Wan one that they did again. Um, so yeah, so that's the whole like thing with that. The other thing too, that we get is with Vader. Um, he's still, there's still a little bit of Anakin in there left. Um, and he's really just, the hatred is still there as far as finding and, and hunting, um, Obi-Wan wanting to kill him. And so, um, and that's really all there is to Vader in this show is just, he finds out that Obi-Wan's out there and he wants to go kill him. And then, and that's it. And then he gets checked by the Emperor. Which a lot of people have a lot of different feels about that scene, which I'll talk about a little bit more um, a little bit later. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do want to say, like I said, man, that, that final scene, the final battle, I should say, not the final scene, was very emotional. Um, it was everything like, yes, I did want to see, but it... it it was emotional, man. So what I want to do now is talk about I want to talk about Vader or Kenobi and Vader in terms of let me see here. Hold on, I'm looking my clips. So again, I said it doesn't do, the show doesn't do much like at all to really, it connects a few little dots, a few little minor gaps, but it doesn't do anything really good. Is the show needed? Absolutely not. Honestly, I can confidently say it. There's no reason for the Obi-Wan show to exist. Now, am I glad that it does? Absolutely. Because I do, I did love seeing Ewan McGregor again, Hayden Christensen and, you know, Again, you know, just seeing Vader. Anytime you see Vader, is just dope. He's my favorite Star Wars character for sure. Anakin slash Vader. Um, so there's two. Let's see here. The one big thing this this does for Obi Wan, it just gives him closure, um, and then it just kind of semi cleans up a little bit of dialogue that was contradicting a little bit in a new hope and in return of the Jedi. Um, 
the scene, the dialogue that they have Vader versus Obi-Wan and Kenobi, um, I feel was very crucial. And then there's a little minor scene that happens after with the emperor and, um, and, um, Vader. But first I want to go ahead. Let me make sure this is all set. I want to play that final scene. This is the dialogue after Vader. Obi-Wan has basically defeated, uh, Vader. So let's bring it up and Anakin. Anakin's gone. I am what remains. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin. For all of it. I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. The same way I will destroy you. And my friend is truly dead. Goodbye, Darth. and sounds during that whole thing where they like robotic and make it sound like Vader um, and I love when he says I did and he has like this big ass like not big ass but you can see the because his helmet is partially damaged on the uh, left side so you can see half his kind of half his face he has a big he has a, a smirk he smiles when he says that it's just brilliant a couple things about this scene and the dialogue. First one is, if this is the first time you've ever seen that, where Vader's helmet's half ripped um, or half broken, and you see part of his face, Anakin's face with the red eye, and the like I just said, the audio where it's like a mixture of um, of uh, Hayden Christensen and, and Vader's voice. This ain't the first time that's ever happened. Again, if you watch Star Wars Rebels, 
there is a particular duel. I, I will reserve this little spoiler. I will not say it. But there is a particular duel with a certain Je- ex-Jedi versus Vader. And the same thing happens. The only difference is that it's on the left, on the right side where the helmet's damaged. The same thing. So when I saw it, I was just like, it was cool to see it live action. But it's like, I've already seen this before. But I loved it. I still loved it, regardless. Um, again, Star Wars Rebels, really good. Um, anyways, so a couple things here. So big thing is that I love that we finally see that, it, yeah, Anakin is... Vader takes the credit of killing Anakin, which plays important to um, later dialogue, which I'll play in a little bit, where Obi-Wan... There's two times where Obi-Wan really tells Luke that a person named Darth Vader killed his father. So now that just that little dialogue kind of ties that in a little bit because at this point it leads to where Vader or where Obi-Wan calls him Darth. Um, and that's where he truly, like he said, I, you know, my friend is Anakin's really dead, which is kind of said again a little bit later by Luke. I'll play that in a little bit too. Um, so it was really interesting to see. It was really cool to get that little tie in. And, you know, he's like, all right, Darth, because when you see him in a new hope, Obi-Wan calls uh, Vader Darth. He doesn't call him Vader. doesn't call him Anakin. When he speaks to him directly, it's just Darth. And that's what he sees. Um, the only problem I have with this scene is that here we go again. He Obi-Wan doesn't kill him. Um, I get you can't kill him. Because obviously, now you would really mess up the rest of the thing. But it's like, why not? Like, why couldn't you kill him? You know? Um, or why didn't you? Had you done it, you would have, like, stopped a lot. I mean, it would have changed history. Uh, I know I've been seeing it kind of trending a little bit, how Marvel has the uh, series What If?, like, what if something different happened? How it changed the universe? I think Star Wars needs that, too. Because I'm telling you, like, that. I think that's probably the only issue I had with this scene was, like, I think I would have been better had it been, like, what we saw. But then there's one last, like, fight. And then Vader truly believes he killed Obi-Wan. Right? So that you have everything as it, as it did. He says, goodbye, Darth. He starts to walk away. And instead of him walking away and you just hear, you know, Vader yell Obi-Wan twice, like he actually musters enough energy to do some last finishing blows and then, um, you know, thinks that he kills Obi-Wan. Because then at that point, it can really cleanse um, Vader from being like, all right, I've completed, I've won, I've succeeded, I've defeated Obi-Wan. He's done. I don't got to worry about him anymore, you know? Um, and it does a lot of other things to it, too. It, it, it completes the whole, like, all right, you know, in A New Hope, when he says, I sense a presence, you know, and now it would make more sense because he thought that he would be dead. Um, when he speaks to the Emperor, you know, in the little clip I'll play a little bit later, it's like, the Emperor knows Obi-Wan's alive. Vader knows he's alive. Like, like, what? Like, Come on, man. So I, that's the only issue I have. And again, this is the things that kind of kind of come into into play. It's like they should have killed Obi-Wan or he should have killed Vader. 
and then he would have been done with it. That wasn't going to happen. So what's the next best thing? Vader should have believed that he killed Obi-Wan. And then that's the end of it. You know, kind of like when there's a part when he fell in the uh, in that battle, he gets buried by rocks. And then Vader pretty much thinks he won. That would have been fine. I mean, obviously, I wanted to see more. But it would have been better to do that scene probably after. You know? Because then Vader would have walked away all beat up thinking, shit, I won. I beat him. I beat Obi-Wan finally, you know? So that's my only issue because now they know that he's lingering somewhere. So I don't know. Um, let's see. So from there, it leads. Uh, let's 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 uh, let's see how it connects with the original trilogy. Now I'm going to start with Vader. Because another scene that I love that they included, but I had a problem with um, at the same time, which I kind of already mentioned, was you see Emperor Palpatine show up in a holographic you know, thing, which is pretty cool. Ian McDermott reprises role and everything. Um, I thought the scene was uh, important. Now, it, the scene, this, this dialogue plays two, it does two things to me. First one, the, the negative side of it is, again, the Emperor, like, oh, Vader's pissed. He wants to go out there and just find Obi-Wan, this and this and this. But then Emperor checks him. And a lot of people don't realize this, how powerful and how critical this little set of dialogue is. It's not as aggressive as people can think, but it's, it's crucial in my opinion. Now, the negative side of it is because, again, they both know Obi-Wan's alive. But they're not going to do anything about it because the Emperor checks him. But the way the Emperor checks him, he pretty much, you know, Vader's huffing and puffing, and then Emperor's like, "Hey, man, what's up? Like, why?" And it, this is how Vader already knew, or Emperor already knew that Vader's still weak, because he checks him again a couple years later, not a couple, a lot of years later, in Return of the Jedi. So I'll play that clip as well. Um, but I know a lot of people have a problem with the scene because it's like everything that just happened, and then the Emperor just like, "Hey." this and this and then he's like okay so let's go ahead and play that clip which should be this one the probes are tracking every system within range we will destroy everything in our path until he is found you seem agitated my friend he will not evade me again. I wonder if your thoughts are clear on this, Lord Vader. Perhaps your feelings for your old master have left you weakened. If your past cannot be overcome, Kenobi means nothing. I serve only you, my master. Yeah. 
right there, he checks him without threatening him. That's what a lot of people don't catch. He's like, if your feelings cannot, if you can't overcome your feelings, then, and that's all he has to say for pretty much telling him, look, you can't do it. I will mess you the hell up. I'll kill you. And immediately Vader is just like, he's no concern. And so a lot of people have the problem with this scene because it's like, really? Like, that's all, like, it took, for one, they don't, they didn't take it that way, but they're just like, okay, Obi-Wan's lost. We're not going to worry about it. Plus, the Emperor knows everything. And then it just shows the Emperor don't give a damn about Obi-Wan. Like, really? Obi-Wan? I don't care. But there is a scene. Um, so this is, again, the Emperor already knew, you know, sums up. This is the Emperor, again, kind of questioning slash checking Vader uh, in return of the Jedi. I told you to remain on the command ship. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. Yes, I know. My son is with them. Are you sure? I have felt him, my master. Strange that I have not. I wonder if your feelings on this matter are clear, Lord Vader. They are clear, my master. Then you must go to the Centauri Moon and wait for him. He will come to me? I have foreseen it. His compassion for you will be his undoing. He will come to you, and then you will bring him before me. As you wish. So now this time, you know, many years later, obviously 9, 10, probably about 13 years later, you know, the the Emperor says the same thing to him. Like, are your feelings clear? And Vader immediately is like, they are clear. He knows. He's, he's, he's a good lapdog now. You know, he's been well-trained ever since kind of that little moment you saw in Obi-Wan and the Kenobi show, which then leads to this clip where um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, cut a little bit because I, I removed a clip that just wasn't necessary, um, but it does two things. It establishes the fear that Vader has towards the Emperor, which makes that scene in Obi-Wan Kenobi make some sense to me, at least when he tells them, like, if you can't overcome your feelings then, and then he pauses and Vader immediately gives in. Um, and it also uh, echoes the sentiment of uh, the, the what Obi-Wan says, where then my friend is truly dead. Uh, Luke says something very similar. So, let's get to that one. The Emperor has been expecting you. I know, Father. So, you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny... Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. 
I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead. And right there you hear Luke say, then my father is truly dead. Just as Obi-Wan says, then my friend is truly dead. Pretty cool. And then you hear um, pretty much how he just tells him, like, the Emperor's the the shit. He's the best. And he tells him, uh, you know, let go of your hate. But in reality, it's his fear. Uh, Vader has a fear towards the Emperor. Which, by the way, if they were to do a Vader series, mini-series, or even a movie, uh, there's a book, Lord of the Siths, that's officially the Disney canon, um, they can adapt, but also I think it would be super pivotal to, for them to do, because not only can we see Vader just being a badass, but then we can really see the Emperor's true power and basically really check Vader. Um, it would even be awesome to see Vader fight the Emperor, and that way he understands and he knows who the boss is. Um so if Disney does anything with Vader, because honestly, you can only make little appearances here and there. That's really all Vader can do. If, if you're trying to give him a show or a series or something that won't really, you know, mess up the original trilogy as, as it is, then, you know, quote unquote, then that's what they should do. And I think that would be something really cool to see because it would just be a villain show. And they can do it where it took place before um, Obi-Wan Kenobi so we can still get Hayden Christensen. We can still get, because obviously he still has that conflict as Anakin. And we can get more of that, right? Um, see him kind of battle between the two, um, where he has a couple weakness here and there. And then by the end of it, we can see the Emperor just really lay it on um, Vader and kind of have him understand. And then it can connect and lead into uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which... You still see him being ruthless as he is and still has a little bit of Anakin left in him. But then finally, when you see that scene, that dialogue I played a little while ago, um, where he's talking to Emperor and he's like, if you can't get over your master, then, and then he immediately checks himself and is like, all right, you're my master. You're all that matters. Like, that's that. Um, I think that scene would make a lot more sense with that. So anyways, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, I loved that whole thing, that connection there, um, I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. So now I'm going to kind of go back a little, or go back, but then go forward a little bit here with, you know, what happened, what, what exactly, tying back to where he saw Anakin taking the blame of like, you know, you didn't kill, I'm not a, fa- you know, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. It kind of gives a little bit of, proper context for these next two clips so this first one is going to be when obi-wan and luke kind of first meet in a new hope um and he um whatchamacallit he uh asks him about his father after he gave him a lightsaber which is funny like because there's a dialogue issue your father wanted you to have this lightsaber what no not really what <laughs> again a lot of there will be some contradicting dialogue here um, but two things to pay attention to is kind of how um, Obi-Wan explains 
um, how his, Anakin died. The other thing too is right before he gives him his lightsaber, um, just before Anakin says, "What is that?" You'll hear R two D two kind of like chime up, and I love that little. I it's my personal theory, my personal Easter egg. Um, I haven't seen anyone else say it um, because R two is the only character to know everything that went down from the prequels to the original trilogy, even to the sequel trilogy, as far as I know. But for sure, episode one through six, R2 is the only character that knows everything that went down. Um, and as you all know, R2 was, became a close droid to Anakin. And so um, when Obi-Wan brings out the lightsaber in A New Hope, you hear R2 briefly kind of just do a chime, like randomly, it's like super random. But it's my theory, my belief that the reason why you hear R2 kind of spark up a little bit when you when you actually see the scene is because R2 recognizes the lightsaber, that it's Anakin's lightsaber. So I thought that's cool little, that's my own little personal history. I haven't read that theory or seen if anyone else said that before. Um, if they did, fantastic. But if they didn't, then it's my, it's my original. Um, but anyways, I'm going to go ahead and play that clip. So you guys can kind of hear the first time Obi-Wan told Luke how um, Anakin died. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. And a cunning warrior. I understand you've become quite a good pilot yourself. And he was a good friend. Which reminds me, I have something here for you. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. He feared you might follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. Sure, go ahead. What is it? Your father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. How did my father die? A young Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. He betrayed and murdered your father. Now the Jedi are all but extinct. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. So yeah. So that's the first time he tells them how Anakin died because of some person named Darth Vader. And again, when he says, what is that? Showing him the lights of your hard to do that iconic, you know, sound there. I'm telling you, I think that I'm pretty confident it's because he recognized the lightsaber. And if that's true, which I don't know if it is or not uh, either way in my head, it's true. It's freaking amazing. So now this clip I'm about to play here. This is the second time that Vader or that Luke and Obi-Wan speak. Obi-Wan being a, a, force ghost and tells him the truth about or actually doesn't tell him the truth but it explains to him 
again how Anakin, how Vader killed Anakin. At this point, in Return of the Jedi, Yoda had just passed away. And obviously, in Empire, you found out that Vader was Luke's father. So, this scene is... um, plays a lot more to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show where he you know realizes his father his uh, friend Anakin is truly dead um with Anakin taking saying that Vader I Vader killed Anakin so this plays a little more to that Why didn't you tell me You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father Your father was seduced by the dark side of the force He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Anakin was a good friend. When I first knew him, Your father was already a great pilot, but I was amazed how strongly the Force was with him. I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. I thought that I could instruct him just as well as Yoda. I was wrong. There is still good in him. He's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. I can't do it, Ben. You cannot escape your destiny. You must face Darth Vader again. I can't kill my own father. Then the Emperor has already won. You were our only hope. Yoda spoke of another. The other he spoke of is your twin sister. But I have no sister. To protect you both from the Emperor, you were hidden from your father when you were born. The Emperor knew, as I did, if Anakin were to have any offspring, they would be a threat to him. That is the reason why your sister remains safely anonymous. Leia. Leia is my sister. Your insight serves you well. Bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They do you credit, but they could be made to serve the Emperor. So yeah, no, there's so much more in that dialogue that can be like interpreted and dissected, but the overall thing that I want to focus on was just um how he his point of view, which is honestly it's some of the one of the best words of wisdoms out there, guys. You know, your own truths will be questioned and they're all based off your own your own uh, point of view. And it's true. I mean, that's how we're how the world is right now. <laughs> Everyone believes what they want to believe based on their own ideals. So that's fine. But I love how, you know, he's how Obi-Wan saw it. And he's right. I mean, if you again, if you watch the Obi-Wan show, like that's his point of view is that technically Anakin is dead because Vader Darth took over and eliminated everything that was good about him. Um, but you know, Luke prevails and draws the goodness what's left in there, um, out, even though it's too late, unfortunately. So 
I know there's other contradicting things that are like saying, oh, you have to kill him. You're our last hope. Like, nah, dude, you could have killed him in the damn show. And I think that's a mess up of the show. I think the show, again, should have put posed it more like uh, Vader killed Obi-Wan. Led him to believe that. I think it would have worked a lot better. Um, and then it would have also at the same time took care of Obi-Wan because it would have been like, no, he actually did fail in terms of beating him. He didn't have the upper hand. Um, but now that's twice where Obi-Wan's walked away from him. Let's left, uh, left to die or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, man, it, it's, I, I, uh, again, I, I appreciate those little things there, but they didn't do a lot much to it. So then the question becomes, you know, can they should they do a season two keyword should i think they should not um if they do then you cannot have vader at all involved it just it just won't work and the other character that the other pro antagonist that they could have done um which was originally supposed to be in the obi-wan kenobi show was darth maul now, if you've only watched the movies of Star Wars, you might be thinking Darth Maul, or in this case, just Maul, because he's no longer a Darth. Like, didn't he die in episode one? Yeah, you're right. He got chopped in half, but he did not die. Again, if you watch the Clone Wars and Rebels, you actually see more of Maul, and they actually f- crafted his character so much better. Voiced by Sam Withward. If you did not know... If you did not watch Rebels, did you know that Maul and Obi-Wan have one last duel? It's not as epic, I would say, but they do they do meet one last time. So if they did a season two and they introduced Maul, it wouldn't work because Rebels already did it. Unfortunately, it's already done in Rebels. There's no need for it. Um, so I will play the clip of Maul versus Kenobi. Again, it's very heartful it's very not heartful it's very um sad kind of like the vader and obi-wan fight there um i'm not going to really add too much context um as far as how we get to this clip that i'm about to play um i think i highly encourage you to watch rebels to see the journey um but this is obi this is maul finally Finding and meeting Obi-Wan. And um, at this point, the Obi-Wan portrayed in Rebels is more of like Alec Guinness's character and voice. So it's not Hugh McGregor, uh, which I absolutely love that they did that. Um, again, this this is edited because I wanted to you know take out certain scenes. So it's just the beginning dialogue and then the, fine, and the ending dialogue. So here it is. <sighs> Look what has become of you. A rat in the desert. Look what I have risen above. I have come to kill you, but perhaps it's worse to leave you here, festering in your squalor. If you define yourself by your power to take life, the desire to dominate, to possess, then you have nothing. And what do you have? Why 
come to this place not simply to hide. Oh, you have a purpose here. Perhaps you are protecting something. No, protecting someone. Tell me, is it the Chosen One? He is. He will avenge us. So, again, super out of context, if you have not seen Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Um, but I think it was pretty cool how they put this little quick scene in there. Um yeah, Maul finding Obi-Wan wants to get, you know, his revenge. Um, they battle. Obviously, Maul doesn't succeed. And that's how Maul figures out that um, Obi-Wan is on Tatooine for a purpose, uh, protecting, obviously, Luke. And the revenge part, I love it because, again, if you watch Clone Wars and Rebels, you learn a lot as far as the story between him and the Emperor. Um, and he pretty much abandons essentially the Sith and kind of goes on his own like Sith journey in a sense. Um, so as far as the sequel goes or season two, it's already been done. It's already happened. Can't have them all. So what's next? Well, the best se- uh, season two is um, Star Wars and you hope. <laughs> Um. Yeah, there re- there really isn't nothing. I don't think there really isn't much to do with Obi Wan at this point. The only thing they can do with Obi Wan, which I'll save towards the end, um, is us. I don't think you can make a full show out of it because there wouldn't be enough conflict, wouldn't be enough enough excitement. Uh, it's a pity they didn't give us an extra, maybe an extra episode or something in this series to kind of give us his training that he was supposed to do to speak about the force ghosts. But we'll take it back. Um, one thing that was cool, a little Easter egg that they did in Kenobi is that you finally heard his iconic line, which was hello there. And mind you, everyone like, hello there. You know, it's everyone memes it out from attack of the clones when he says it's a general grievous. But in reality, he actually said that that's actually the first thing we ever hear of Obi-Wan. Well, the second thing we ever hear of Obi-Wan. Um, but he says it. Alec Guinness coined it. Here it is. Hello there. There it is. Hello there. He said it first. Now, if they did a second season, I really want to learn. I really want them to explore the training that Obi-Wan went through to be able to scare Tusken Raiders. That scream that he does, remastered a million times. Which scream? This one. What kind of Jedi power was that? I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. It's just the most randomest thing ever. They redid that so many times. It sounds crazy. Oh, man. But anyways, 
So how does this match up to a new hope after seeing Kenobi? Well, um, to continue Vader's, you know, Vader and Obi-Wan's thing, continuity-wise, you first hear, when they go to the Death Star in A New Hope, you hear Vader go, I sense something, a presence I've not felt since. So that's the first indication, a presence I haven't felt since, and then he stops. So I guess this can be since, what do you call it? When they fought? Mm, maybe. Not really, though. Doesn't really help because there is other dialogue when Vader talks about this um, to inform. Uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. But um, here's the clip. He is here. Obi Wan Kenobi. What makes you think so? A tremor in the Force. The last time I felt it was in the presence of my old master. Surely he must be dead by now. Don't underestimate the Force. The Jedi are extinct. Their fire has gone out of the universe. You, my friend, are all that's left of their religion. Yes. We have an emergency alert in detention block AA-23. The princess? Put all sections on alert. Obi-Wan is here. The Force is with him. If you're right, he must not be allowed to escape. Escape is not his plan. I must face him alone. So the Vader goes again. I need a fight him one-on-one as always i think it's funny how the force has been interpreted from the original trilogy to the prequel with like the middle chlorians which was like a big controversial thing and then how it goes back to the what do you call it sequel trilogy i don't think anyone really knows how the force works (laughs) uh which is interesting I don't uh, I want there's so many definitions out there but yeah it's something else. So it leads to the battle of Obi-Wan and Vader yet again and this is again this is clipped out so I removed a lot of the fighting sounds. Um but this is literally the last dialogue they ever have to one another which after seeing the show after Revenge of the Sith and then Obi-Wan Kenobi then it leads to this. I got to say this battle this is and this is why you know the original i have issue when they introduce content that takes place before the original trilogy because it adds more lore adds more character development which is fantastic but once it comes back to the original trilogy it just it doesn't feel the same so you heard that dialogue earlier when kenobi and vader from uh, from the show this is the last words they say to one another during the their battle and it's it's just so underwhelming i've been waiting for you obi-wan we meet again at last the circle is now complete when i left you i was but the learner now i am the master only a master of evil god your powers are weak old man you can't win darth strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. You should not have come back. That's it. Like, that's their finished dialogue, which uh, at the same time contradicts 
a lot. <laughs> and so again, I, that's why I've said like they, it, it almost feels I know it will never happen because so many people would be pissed. Um, but it almost feels like they need to redo the original trilogy to match up with all this expanded universe content, or or just leave it alone. Go many years into the future. Let us have our own imagination, our own interpretation, and leave it at that. Because anything that has to go back to the original trilogy, it's very, it's very tricky. You know, you're, you're treading on some very thin ice. And as you guys heard already, a lot of the dialogue doesn't necessarily match up. And that's my biggest concern with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. That's why I say it's okay because it had amazing scenes that I purely, I really enjoyed. I really loved. I introduced some new characters. I would love to see more of It's just obviously they'll have to have their own path or have their own destiny and have nothing to do with the original trilogy. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then kind of go from there. Right. And then, um, and then, yeah, it's, it's just, it was good. I'll, I'll give the show an eight out of 10. Eight out of ten for sure, um, because I found it enjoyable. I did like the Reva character and all the little things that tied Rebels. It was the things that had to connect to the original trilogy that were were a little. You just had to overlook it, I guess. Just had to ignore it. Like, and I'm not talking about Obi Wan. I'm talking about ignore the original trilogy because the stuff they did was great. It was a lot of great character development. Um, I loved again every scene you saw Vader. Or even uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin. The flashback scenes. There's a flashback scene that you see um, Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan training. I think it was like just before the Clone Wars. Because I believe if you look at the scene, Anakin has both normal hands. So it was before Clone Wars. And they did a little bit of... They tried to do the de-aging thing a little bit. Which wasn't too bad. But um, it was a beautiful scene. And, you know, important. But again just you know didn't do it just when i try to connect to the original trilogy just just didn't fit well i loved a lot of seeing a lot of the the inquisitors and how it tied to some of the stuff that was introduced in the comics and video games like jedi fallen order so you see the inquisitor planet which is a moon off of musafar that's a water planet kind of ironic musafar is a lava planet and he had a uh, water uh, moon and you see the inquisitor's base and everything um you actually see some scenes that they kind of recreated that's kind of a ripoff from the game jedi fallen order um which is very interesting um from that game cal kestis uh he is potentially beginning his own series which would be interesting to do if reva if, uh, was involved there i think that would be really cool um, because Cal Kestis is also a survivor of Order 66, and he was a youngling during that time. Jedi Fallen Order is a really good game, by the way, um, and is canon, especially now since they keep continuing connecting little things here and there to the game uh, with droids and locations and characters. Um, and now it sounds like we will be getting a show, potentially, or um, that character, Cal Kestis, um, will be appearing finally in live action, which is the same. They got a specific actor to play that character in the game so and he looks exactly how he he looks in real life so um it'd be an easy transition so a lot of cool things but 
you know, that's really it. Like there's really nowhere else you can go after this show. Just leave it there. Um, as much as I would love to see more of you and McGregor um, and stuff like that, I, there is nothing there. There is literally nothing there. Um, if they do, you would have to introduce something new, something different. He has to go off planet, you know, or, or I don't know. Like, I, honestly, it's just. And so the big tease or the big thing that happens at the end of the show, the series is um, you finally see Qui-Gon. So, yes, Qui-Gon finally appears. Force Ghost Qui-Gon appears to him, uh, to Obi-Wan. And um, he's like, come on, you know, basically to continue his training or, or whatnot. So I would love to see more of that. But you can't do a full series out of that. That's why there, there, there should have been like an either more scenes, like an extra, like a little mini montage or something. Um, or another episode just closing in a couple things, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know. It's just like I kind of want to know more of that or just leave it as is. He just goes off and he does training, you know, do the comic book and I'll read the comics or something. Um, but it was cool to see Liam Neeson reprise his role. He said that, uh, yeah, he doesn't want anyone else to play Qui-Gon. So um, if you watch Rebels and I think Clone Wars, but um, Liam Neeson did reprise his voice role as Qui-Gon. So there has literally only been one Qui-Gon as far as I know, uh, as far as the media goes, movies and the TV shows. It's all done by Liam Neeson. Um which is pretty cool. I think that was cool, but it was, it was a nice little cameo to see him. Uh, I would have loved to see more, but we didn't. Um, overall, this, again, the show's good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Eight out of 10. Um, is it needed? Is it essential? No. Was it cool watching it? Yeah. Does it, uh, you know, pot- cause potential problems connecting to the original trilogy? Absolutely. Dialogue, you know, dialogue issues for sure but i mean again star wars was written many many years ago it's like 45 years of star wars the original trilogy and now we're having all this new stuff again just jump into the future get away from all this we don't need anymore it's okay we can go and create a new darth vader create a new hero you know created you know all this just do it right don't do it the way disney did it with the sequel trilogy they had something good there and they botched it have the same damn writer, you know, Kevin Feige, that crap, man. I got to have that continuity. Got to have the, the everything making sense. And they can do their own thing. But I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> I'm not going to dive too much into any of the other characters or anything. Um, again, that pretty much sums up the entire series. Um, I personally enjoyed it. I loved it. I highly recommend it. Um, it's good to watch. Hopefully you can get over the weird. Don't listen to, let me put it this way. Just don't listen to other people's opinions. Watch it, formulate your own. Kind of how Obi-Wan said there, your own point of view. Just watch it and you generate your own point of view, your own perspective. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Um, that's fine too, but it's good. So I'm going to go ahead and finish this episode. I'm going to play the clip of when Qui-Gon returns. I you know, I cannot not have Qui-Gon can't hear you know I cannot have you guys not listen to Liam Neeson I don't but uh I'll play that uh thank you I I wanted to cover more but I eh, let's keep it short and sweet things that are important uh 
And I'd uh, love to reach out to folks and hear their thoughts and opinions. Because, again, Star Wars fans are something else, man. Um, I already had a conversation with a friend about uh, him not liking the Reva character or the story arc. And it was a good conversation, I felt. Uh, interesting to get their perspective, their point of view. <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you, guys. Master Qui-Gon. Well, took you long enough. Beginning to think you'd never come. I was always here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see. Come on, you've got a ways to go. 